Thanks and welcome. I'm Jim Swan with Linda Smith, the CEO of BBB Western Ontario. And Ask BBB is a program that gives consumers information from businesses they can trust. Later on in the program, we're going to be joined by Ashley Castleman, our communications manager at BBB Serving Western Ontario. And she's going to talk about a phishing scam that's making the rounds and putting your personal information at risk. And this fall is fast approaching. We all look forward to the colors of the fall, and that puts our focus on trees. Pam Cook is a horticultural technician and landscape designer with CLC Tree Services and joins us this morning to get us prepared for this coming fall season. Welcome to Ask BBB, Pam. Thanks so much, Jim. I know we're all looking back thinking that summer was too short. How was the summer for the trees? Well, it's been an on-again, off-again season for the trees. Not only did we start with a really wet spring that uh, put the trees, some trees into high distress, then we went into the summer with a really wet summer. And then out of nowhere, we went into a drought situation. So it's been a real roller coaster for the trees this year. Did we do well in caring for them? So far, so good. Yeah, all the trees, for the most part, are looking fairly well. Um, some of the trees that usually have high stress loads because they had so much water going into the beginning of the season, they're actually showing signs of um, doing very well, especially some of the ash trees that are still kicking around in our neighborhoods. Is there something we should be doing now, though, at the end of the summer as we prepare for fall, uh, as we inspect those trees? I mean, it's a great time to start trimming trees again. Um, You're always looking to get into some of your fruiting trees later in the season. So uh, we always take a hiatus in the middle of the summer, pruning some of the fruit trees to avoid potential bacterial infections. So we're ramping back up with some structural pruning on some of the apples and crab apples and other fruit trees this season. Now we're going to see the leaves all fall in the next, what, month and a half? And they're kind of already falling now. (laughs) Is, Is that early? It's a bit early for some, um, and what that's indicating is a bit of stress load on some of the more sensitive trees. Uh, Any of the trees that are showing color early that are a little off, that they shouldn't be showing color this early in the season, probably have gone through a season of stress, and that's just an indicator that they've kind of given up on part of the season, and they're ready to go to bed now. Is there anything special we should do for those trees that are showing that stress? You know what? The best thing to do is to kind of document and keep a record of what's going on with your trees. Because if anything comes up in the the future, because it does take a long time for things to happen to trees, when you have someone out to your place, you'll have some information that, oh, you know, last July, the leaves turned really early. And maybe two summers before that, we didn't really get to watering it. So if you have a bit of pack story when you have somebody coming to your place, then there's a bit more tools in our in our case to be able to diagnose issues going forward. And when you say somebody, you're talking about a tree service similar to CLC. Yeah. You know what? It's always a good idea if you're ever looking at your tree and going, well, something just doesn't look right. It's always better to have somebody to come out professionally to take a look at your trees and give you a general idea of the health. So you, a, you briefly mentioned about trimming trees. Mm-hmm. Um, what about trimming and pruning bushes, shrubs, and other ornamental trees? Yeah, so now that we're getting into fall, it's when you want to be picky and choosy about the things you should be pruning. Um, when you get into anything that's going to flower first thing in the spring, if you're cutting anything now, you're taking flowers off. These guys have set those flowers mid to late summer, and they're getting ready to flower for you first thing in the spring. And as soon as you take a hedge trimmer to them or a pair of pruning shears, you're taking all those flowers off. So some things could use a good structural prune, but knowing you're going to sacrifice some blooms for the following season. So that would that be the biggest sacrifice, the blooms, or is it 
overall detrimental to the, the flowering bush. You know, they've put a lot of energy for the whole summer into those flowers. So when we're pruning flowering trees and shrubs, it's always best to do it as soon as they finish flowering because then you're reverting the energy they would have spent flowering that you, you'd shear off in the fall and letting them put the proper growth in the proper place for the remainder of the season. Now, we talked about the leaves all coming down. Mm-hmm. Uh, are we liable to see some things... Uh, in the tree once once all those leaves are gone that uh, would be clues that it needs some attention? Well, the best thing about a tree when it's lost all those leaves is you can really see the structural patterns in, those, in the trees. And you can actually look to see if there's interfering branch patterns, maybe some breakouts that you might not have noticed from the earlier season. We did have a bunch of storm surges earlier in the season and a lot of big limbs had broken out. And some of those limbs are actually hiding up in those trees still, but with so many leaves on them, we might not have seen them. So now that those leaves are down, we might be able to see a bunch more things that need to come off these trees. And when it comes to pruning uh, those larger trees, um, are we pretty well advised to call someone uh, like an arborist or CLC to do that sort of work? Absolutely. There's a lot of technique and important knowledge to know about where to cut and when to cut on each type of tree. They really do all have very special requirements. And bark is a really fragile thing on most trees, maples especially. So if you're doing improper pruning cuts, if the branch rips off of a tree versus comes properly off of a tree, it can actually tear the bark right off the trunk. And once you've done a trunk wound, you've really damaged the tree and it's going to take a number of years for them to heal. So if you're looking to get some big branches taken off, there's no point in climbing up a ladder with a chainsaw. Call some professional help. Get them to come out because you can't fix something that's already come off. Mm-hmm. Now, those are deciduous trees. Mm-hmm. Uh, the evergreens are the ones that uh, we look forward to putting lights on and so on through the winter. But um, the last time you were here, you talked about the blue spruce yep. and the difficulties that they were facing. Mm-hmm. Um is that still the case? You know, we're still seeing just as much of the rhizophoria in our in our environment. Um, people are noticing it more and more every year as it goes by, and some of the younger, healthier trees are starting to show signs. Um, because of the amount of moisture we've had this season, though, it's definitely done better for them because we can't be watering all these big, mature trees. So if they start the season with lots of water, then that's been great. But the one thing to look into for the fall is actually what some people call supercharging trees. So you want to really get those evergreens watered at the end of the season because they're going to continue to grow and transpire throughout the winter. Um, And if they don't have enough moisture going into that season, they can get what we call winter desiccation. So that's when you see browning on needles on the edges right at the end of the season because they've actually had not enough water throughout the season. So watering Mm -hmm. any of the uh, uh, pine or or, uh, evergreens is Mm -hmm. a good idea. Yep. At what point should we consider removing the deceased uh, blue spruce that uh, we have in the in this city? Most of the time it comes down to a visual threshold. So it gets to a point where you might not like the look of the tree anymore. But the one recommendation we do have is that have it removed in the winter, late fall or early spring when the fungal spores aren't as active. So then you're not kicking it up into the air and causing problems for neighboring trees that may be a bit more healthy. Um, And then removing them in the winter actually tends to cost less at the end of the day too. Well, we're going to talk a little bit more about winter and some of the things that we can do during the winter months as uh, uh, we enjoy the snow and <laughs> all of the bright lights. You're listening to Ask BBB, and our guest is Pam Cook, who is horticultural technician and landscape designer with CLC Tree Services. And we'll be back in just a couple of moments.
Welcome back to Ask BBB. I'm Jim Swan with Linda Smith, who is the CEO of BBB Western Ontario. And our guest this morning is Pam Cook, horticultural technician and landscape designer with CLC Tree Services. Well, Pam, it won't be long before we're bundling up, although today the weather is just fantastic. But uh, before we venture out into the cold winter days, we bundle up. Should we be bundling up our shrubs and bushes? There's a lot of reasons. Um to be wrapping things in the winter. Um, We are on a borderline hardy zone for certain things that we grow in our area. Our beloved Japanese maples are one of them. Um, In the winter months, it's not so much about the cold. They can handle the cold all day, every day. But what it is, is the desiccation, the drying on the little buds. Those little buds are sitting there ready to be leaves next year. And what you're trying to do is prevent the constant wind hitting those buds. So best case scenario is to wrap trees and shrubs that are more sensitive to desiccation in a burlap screen. And what it is, is you don't need to wrap even the entire thing. You just find the prevailing wind side on the northwest side of your shrub, put up a big burlap screen. Doesn't even have to touch the shrub. Some people like to bundle them up like presents, which is great because you can decorate those when they look like that. But you can even just put a burlap screen, two posts, some burlap, a staple gun, and you've got yourself a pretty good windscreen that's going to protect those shrubs. Because if we've got a cold winter coming this January, you know those guys are going to need a bit of help. Well, you you mentioned uh, decorations. Uh, we're, we still have the fall colors to enjoy. Yes. Uh, but winter hits, we add even more more color with uh, uh, our lights and so on. Um, uh, CLC offers a service to design and install decorations. So is it too early to start thinking about that? You know, it seems silly that we're just starting to get to enjoy those fall colors and that it's still 20 to 50, 15 degrees outside. <laughs> it's a bit crisp at night, but that's when it's a good time to start planning for the holidays. Um, we start putting up holiday lights a little earlier than most um, so that lighting displays are ready for when you want to turn them on. Um, we like to wait to make sure that all those lights get turned on after Remembrance Day mm-hmm. to make sure that we're doing the right thing for those wonderful veterans out there. Um, but we like to decorate a little bit earlier, um, provide a professional lighting service. It's a hands-free, all you've got to do is pick some colors and the lights come on when you want them. What What's... Uh, uh, involved in a design? Do you have several different designs that uh, you offer? absolutely. So we go from anywhere from just your basic fascia, roof line, couple shrub lights, just to give yourself a little bit of twinkle. Um, We go all the way up to adding lights to 65, 75-foot spruce trees. So we can go from just, you know, your average residential uh, installation up to some really big, beautiful commercial ones. So does the service include... um putting the lights up and taking them down? Everything from start to finish. Honestly, the only thing you have to do is pick colors. And you guys store them? Yep. So we put the lights up. You pick a design. We pick, you pick your date. We put them up. We get a timer ready to go. Turn them on the day you want them. You get to enjoy them for the entire holiday season. And then at the end of the season, we come back, we package them up, put your name on them. They're all custom designed for your home as well. It's not just Canadian tire lights out of a factory. They're custom made commercial grade lights for your home. Low wattage LED lights that you won't even notice a blip on your hydro for the season. Now, this is a service that uh, was only recently been introduced by CLC, uh, and there are a number of uh, people out there who are offering this sort of mm-hmm. service. Um, from a consumer standpoint, and, and bearing in mind that the, the BBB hopes that uh, any of the uh, people that are out there are going to be accredited, what are some of the things we'd want to look for and make sure that the, the contractor has? 
Well, CLC has been doing holiday lighting now for this will be the eighth season. And a lot of things have changed since the day we started doing it, even with the regulations on working at heights and ladder safety. Um, a lot of the requirements now, if you're even going to get up on a ladder, any contractor going up over two rungs or three rungs, I believe, you have to have working at heights training for all your staff, which we do. Um, and you also have to have a minimum requirement of liability insurance to be working on people's homes. So if anything, hope to goodness it doesn't happen, but if anything were to happen, that it's not on the homeowner to have to deal with the issue, that a fully accredited uh, business. Um, the great thing about the BBB website is that you're going to find a list of people who do provide fully insured, qualified professionals. That may be something that um, consumers aren't aware of, that if if that contractor doesn't have the proper insurances, the, the consumer can be liable. Absolutely, they can. So if someone has a smaller project, you know, there's a lot of people who are listening right now who are do-it-yourselfers when it comes to lights and lighting. Uh, besides keeping our own safety in mind, are there things we should consider for the trees and shrubs of which we'll be attaching those lights? Absolutely. So there's definitely a beauty of putting lights in trees and bushes at the holidays. But remembering that trees do grow and certain types grow exponentially every year and leaving lights on trees could really damage them. Um, a lot of times we get asked to have permanent lighting installs put up. And the, there's a couple of requirements for that because you will have to reinstall it probably twice a season to allow for the growth of the tree in a season. Um, knowing that putting lights on a half-dead tree is really dangerous as well. Just because in the winter they don't have leaves and they look alive doesn't mean it's safe to be hanging lights in a half-dead tree as well. So based on this conversation, you've intrigued us with um, the uh, services your company offers with uh, decorating your home with lights. How do you go about getting a quote? So there's a couple ways you can do it. We have our online website where you can fill out our form and provide all your information and then we'll get back to you. We can do two options for you. I know there's a lot of busy families out there that can't make time in their day to have to run home in the middle of the day to try and find a holiday lighting information. So what we can actually do is if that's time is a bit of a problem, we can actually take pictures right from Google Earth, Google Maps, um, create a holiday design right on your home from that picture provide a quote, email it out to you. You'd have plenty of different options and, and, and menu items, we call them, to choose from. And then you can pick and choose your package and you send it back. We make some approvals and you come home one day after work when you know we're coming and there's some beautiful Christmas lights set up on your home. Just like that. Just like that. What is the range of quotes? You know, it's hard to say because every house is different because everything is so custom. Mm -hmm. An average package starts in around $900 for a full house detail, but we can do anything and everything. Really, if you can dream it, we can put it together for you. <laughs> Pam, thanks very much for taking time to be with us on Ask BBB. Uh, it's a little early, but as you said, not too early to start thinking about the holidays. Absolutely. Pam Cook of CLC Tree Services has been our guest this morning on Ask BBB. And when we return, we'll be joined by Ashley Castleman to talk about a vicious fishing scam that's out there. Welcome back to Ask BBB. I'm Jim Swan. And I'm Linda Smith. Linda is the CEO and the president of BBB Serving Western Ontario. And Ashley Castleman, communications manager at BBB Serving Western Ontario, now joins us. Welcome, Ashley. Good morning. Well, let's start with exactly what is a phishing scam. 
Ashley? Well, phishing scams are emails that you receive that use businesses' names, brands, and logos to pretend to be a trusted source, such as the, a bank, uh, the BBB, or PayPal. They use these organizations' logos uh, because they want to fool you into thinking you are receiving an email from a trusted source that you're familiar with. Um, in the communications, the scammer urges the target to download malware usually or click on a link or to share personal information with them. In the case of an email or even a text, the link uh, frequently leads to a form which prompts the target to enter in the personal information. So our listeners will be interested in knowing that this Monday our office received over 150 phone calls inquiring about a potential phishing scam that they received naming the BBB as the signature. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, what are, is this a common type of phishing scam? Unfortunately, it's a common uh, phishing scam. Uh, phishing messages typically use one of three ways to fool their victims. Uh, one, they, the message promises a, re- a reward, such as a gift card or a free item. Uh, two, they'll threaten a punishment, um, such as uh, the CRA tax scam, uh, where they say you owe taxes and you have to click on this to pay right away. Or three, they also appear entirely mundane, such as um, there's just an attachment from a a file that was scanned that you need to click on and download. So as Linda mentioned, um, BBB was a victim of a fake phishing scam. Mm -hmm. um, And that prompted a whole lot of calls. Uh, tell us a, a bit of what we should look out for there. Uh, well, on Monday, there was a wave of phishing scams, uh, emails that were sent out to businesses and charities all over North America using the BBB name, claiming your business is in violation of either the Fair Labor, Fair Labor Standards Act or the Safety and Health Act, but contained links to malware that can infect the recipient's computer or steal passwords. These emails are not from the BBB, and the best thing to do is to delete it. So how can we tell if an email is a phishing email or a legitimate email? Well, if you're leery of an email, there's a few easy ways to confirm that it's a real email. First, uh, never click any of the links or attachments if you're not sure of the sender. Uh, The scammers send out these emails to try to get you to download malware. They send out millions upon millions of emails because it's a numbers game for them. They just hope a few people will click on it to download the information. So the people that called our office on Monday were doing what they should and checking yes. out whether or not mm-hmm. that was a was a legitimate email. But what should we be looking for then in the body of the email? Uh, what tipped off some of these people to, to uh, prompt them to call? Well, phishing scam emails, they're not very well made. They're usually pretty clear that it's a phishing scam. Uh, so the best thing to do is read the email carefully for signs that it may be fake. For example, um, misspellings, uh, grammatical errors, generic greetings such as dear friend or dear member instead of your name. And it doesn't include your actual account number. So sometimes we skim our emails really quickly. We've gotten used to managing so many of them. How can we tell if the link is real? Um, Well, the best thing to do is uh, hover your mouse over the link without clicking on it uh, to see if the address is truly from bbb.org or from the actual sender like PayPal. Uh, The URL in the text, uh, which will be on the bottom corner of your screen, should match the URL that it says it is. If it isn't, don't click on it because it's most likely a scam. Anything else that we should watch for in an email like that? Um, Always be wary of uh, urgent instructions to take a specific action, such as click on the link or your account will be closed. Urgent emails out of the blue like this 
you should be very cautious of. So what should we do if we receive one of these emails? If you receive uh, one of the uh, phishing scams that used um, our name, uh, you should send a copy of the email to phishing, that's P-H-I-S-H-I-N-G, at council.bbb.org, and they'll have investigators to investigate it. That way we can close down any links that are contained in it. If you received one from a bank or PayPal, they usually have instructions on their website of where to send it to. Now, Linda mentioned that uh, sometimes we just scam or skim them. What if we accidentally click on the links? Uh, Delete the email from your computer completely, so be sure to empty your recycling bin or trash as well. Uh, Run antivirus softwares right away and make sure it's um, the most up-to-date version. Um, You can also, if you think you have a scam and you don't know how to, um, or a virus and you don't know how to deal with it, take it to a trusted computer store that can uh, fix the the viruses on, on it. Uh, if you provided any personal information, keep a close eye on your bank statements uh, for any um, unexpected or unexplained transactions, and then notify your local IT person uh, for the next step as well. Well, thanks, Ashley. Um, this has been a bit alarming, but mostly uh, informative. Uh, thanks very much for bringing this information to us. You're welcome. Ashley Castleman is the communications manager at BBB Serving Western Ontario and is the producer of Ask BBB. And that's Ask BBB for this time around. And if you have a question or guest suggestion, tweet us at hashtag AskBBB. Until next time, I'm Jim Swan. And I'm Linda Smith. Remember, Ask BBB. And start with trust.